Hello and welcome to Priority Roll, an Age of Sigmar podcast from sunny England. Join us as we discuss the ever-changing character of wargaming in the mortal realms. Grab your D6 and get ready for the Priority Roll. Hello and welcome to episode 19 of Priority Roll. Today I'm joined by Tim Martin, the tournament organiser of The Great South War, uh, which is an Age of Sigmar tournament happening at the Beachhead Trade Show in Bournemouth. Welcome, Tim. Yeah, hi, Dan. Good to have you here. Good to, good to chat to you again. We, we met at Brotherhood, didn't we, last weekend? Yeah, I mean, that was a wicked event. It was good, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was great. I really enjoyed taking the guys up there and then actually meeting Chris face to face because we're all playing in the Dorset AOS Cup that he's running as well. And then it was just good to take the guys up and show them like that at tourneys it's not all bad. Oh, yeah, yeah. We always say that they get a bit of a rep, don't they? You know, um, the tournaments, yeah. tournaments are full of that guy. Because it's not, it's not an AOS rep. It's a other tournament and game system rep. Uh, yeah, to an extent. But even even like in other game systems, like you know, for, I, when I speak to my Age of Sigma friends, they always say that forty k's like really brutal and horrible, and people just take like you know spray painted armies and stuff like that. And like I don't think that's representative of the forty k tournaments that I've been to. Certainly, there's some aspects of the forty k community that that do game like that but it's the same with any tournament you always get people that that love to min max and love to eke out every bit of efficiency from lists uh but it's plenty of people that do that in the aos scene as well but that doesn't necessarily make them horrible to play against no nah, nah, as long as they're fun i mean like, like when I, we spoke um, my first tournament game was a like decent sized tournament was south coast gt and my first opponent was a guy called ben van her with his slanesh and he literally spanked me but it was such a nice guy and it was there was such a good laugh when we played that you know i didn't really care exactly as long as they're being nice to you whilst they're spanking you then uh, you're all happy so do you want to tell me a little bit about uh, the beachhead tournament and uh, the great south war so just for for the benefit of the listeners it is on saturday the 8th and 9th of february so coming up in a couple of weeks yeah um just your regular tournament format five games two thousand points uh realms full command abilities and full realm spells I've put that in just because if you've got an allied wizard, it's a bit rubbish that you just get one spell. Or if you're running a legacy army, I mean, you're not going to win any prizes with a legacy army. Well, you might do. You might win painting. Um, I doubt they'll come top. But at least then they've got a spell law. Whereas if you've got like an upstate allegiance, so you've got OBR and you've got Nagash and you've got all the spells, and then someone's got wants to run Grand Alliance Death just for giggles, and they've got one spell that they can't really use on their war scroll kind of just put some models out of the picture whereas a lot of the game is down here um they're old fantasy players and bring them into aos so it's also awesome to see like an old high elf army even though the new high elves have just been released well not released announced uh that's why that's in there and then how we run it is normal first second third overall and but we also have our best in grand alliance and shamelessly stealing that from bloodshed in the shire where each grand alliance has its own agenda so it won't specifically be first second third that takes the best in chaos best in order best in death best in destruction for example best in order will be the most points killed of heroes so they've got an extra score sheet to fill out um and all they have to do is put down how many points of heroes to kill each game i'll stick it in the spreadsheet and then overall whoever killed the most heroes will take best in order and that just makes it like something else to play for if you go in and you get turn one and you've lost and you're like wow 
first, second, third, and then first and second is OBR, and third is Slanesh. You're like, well, they're going to take best in death, best in chaos. Yeah, we we chatted about this with Steve, didn't we? It's it's nice to have something else to to reward people that aren't necessarily going to get that top spot, and actually, it gives it gives players with maybe a slightly more narrative leaning something to aim for if they're not ever expecting to be on that podium. Yeah, or, or people that wanted to be on the podium maybe lose their first game and say, do you know what? My priority isn't now trying to win all my scenarios. I'm going to switch fire and try and get the best in Alliance trophy instead. Yeah. And it just, it's a little bit more, something more fun to play for as well. In our last, yeah. So in our last tourney, it was only 24 man. And the guy who finished second from bottom was only 10 kill points away from taking best in order. And also none of the first, second, third took the Grand Alliance trophies, which I've, you know, then I was like, oh, it worked. So I was quite happy that it actually worked. Brilliant. And what about the other three alliances? Uh, so Chaos will be most kill points that they kill and lose because, you know, blood for the blood god. Everyone dies. He's all happy. Death is least amount of kill points conceded and then destruction's nice and simple it's most kill points oh nice and easy yeah i mean uh, after doing the uh, last one just it's easy to track the chaos the death and destruction and then i was like when you're doing everything else as a to the order one is an extra little thing but if i made it too much then it's just too much stuff to do yeah fair enough to's got a lot on their plate whilst running events haven't they so yeah i mean i've got a couple of guys helping me out um they actually know a lot more about AOS than me. I just kind of make people do stuff so that then we all play games together. So is that is that a theme that you wanted to achieve with the event? Because you said that you think the scene needs a bit of development down there. Um, you, you've written the pack with that in mind. So you've brought in all the spells from Alliance Sorcery so that people can play with older armies. Yeah, I, I brought that in because, I, I mean, I've got a couple of legacy armies. Well, it's only one legacy army now, but... It was a couple of legacy armies before the cities, but also just you know, like if someone turns up, I mean, and they they've got um, a, a wanderer's army. At least then they've got a spell lore as well. I found that most of the time you don't actually use many of the realm spells um, because you already, when you build your army, you know what spells you're going to do to buff your units and just having like a little something extra for the ones that don't. Yeah, no, that that makes sense. And you mentioned that. At- the previous events, you know, with with that player that nearly nearly won the the best alliance trophy, is, is it? Are you an experienced TO, or is this the first time that you've run a, an event to this scale? It's the first time I've run it to this scale, but I've got uh, a couple of guys helping out. Um, but obviously, I said they a lot more about AOS than me. But I'm also sat in a few WhatsApp groups with like people like Chris Tomlin, where I can just be like, guys, I've got this rule. <laughs> but or Joe Joe Hadfield will be there, and he literally. If I ever need any rules questions, I ask him. But I've also got a couple of other TOs on like TOs on, on speed well. dial, so you can. Yeah, yeah, that, that's cool. I think that's I a, think a if great. You just do it by yourself. You don't don't really. You're putting too much pressure on yourself. If you know, like I'll sit there. All the rule books will be there. Quick access to all the FAQs and stuff like that. But any big tourney, I've never seen any real problems with the rules. You might have like one or two where you need to check them for people, but and then just show them and explain it. And sometimes I'm not the best person for explaining it because I know what I mean, but I don't really say it right. So sometimes that's, that's why I've always got to have a couple of people there just to help out. Yeah, I, I do you know. What? I think that's really interesting that you haven't run uh, an event to this scale before, but you're you're not kind of hesitant about doing so because you can leverage some of the experience of of the scene down there. People like you mentioned. Chris 
Chris Tomlin. Uh, when we spoke face to face, you mentioned Gary Hennessy. You know, yeah. two, two very experienced people and, and people that that know events. You know, Gary runs uh, several events down at his local store. Uh, Tomlin obviously go, goes without saying that he's an incredibly experienced TO. So yeah, it's 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 great to see that you know you're, you're not kind of being hesitant about taking taking up the mantle for this event, and it's probably a lesson that someone else listens might might want to take forward themselves you know they might think oh i'd love to run an event at a store but i've never been a to before it's all a bit all a bit intimidating you know i would say go out there have a chat with your store get have a chat with your core gaming group make sure you've got a date where at least some of them can attend and then just chuck it out on tga because people will travel like i travel from you know down south I, I traveled up to manchester for an event because i know that it's a good bunch of people going and it's at a cool venue so as long as you can get a buzz about the event and and kind of sell it then it doesn't really matter that you're that one might not necessarily have run events before because one of the things that i'd recommend doing is read a few to packs work out the ones that you like the most you know work out the ones that you like the the best of uh, and then and write your own pack and then send it to a few of these experienced players and say what am i missing and then publish it and then so I think it would be cool to see more more people taking up the mantle of TO and, and running more events because the more events on the scene, the better. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I, I think like the only thing you need to add to that is they need to go to other people's events. So I always try and make sure that our group, we all go to other people's events. So a few of us are going down to Tomorrow Burns, which is Chris's one in March. And then Wiltshire Wargamer is run by a lady called Becky Legley. And then a few of us are going up there. They've got one towards the end of March as well. And just experiencing different tourneys, seeing like what everyone does, but also you're then supporting other people. And then it, and you're also getting to grow the community. You get to know other people. And, you, you know, like the painters love to talk about painting and modeling and stuff like that. And the rest of us like to talk about gaming. And you then continually see people at different events as well which then makes it grow i mean when we started playing uh when i started playing it in toyman there was just me and one random guy who's a good friend now playing there uh because i couldn't make the ones that gary was running at bag of holding uh because they had a little group there and they kind of like outgrew the place just because so many and then we all just play it in toyman together and now we've got a group of like 60 odd local players um and their first event they tried to run on their own they had like four players so then uh the owner asked me if i wanted to run something so i ran one we had like nine and then i ran another one we had 12 and i ran another one we had like 12 for that as well i think for the meeting engagements and then i ran another one and we had 24 i just if someone had advice, I'd just say, like, just spam, like, everywhere and just be like, oh, I've got vent, and then just click it, share it everywhere. I mean, I've literally only just got on Twitter. I've had it for about a month now. That's a great source as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, don't be don't be afraid to, um, you know, promote your event via via various different channels. You know, if it's signing up to TGA and Facebook, if you don't have, you know, some people are very like uh, suspicious of Facebook. They're like, I don't like it. But you can you can sign up to Facebook with a with like a, a pseudonym and promote your event or via a group or something like that, or get yeah. get someone else to post it on your behalf. So you mentioned Entoyment there. That is, we should shout out Entoyment because they are a gaming store down in Pool, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. So that's run by Pete, and he he really like helps us out. Uh, he does free gaming in the daytime, which is great for me because I work mornings and evenings, and endless brews. So you can buy a brew and then just constantly get it refilled. Oh, I'm sold. Yeah, and that, that's the selling point for me. But also for me, it was just finding anywhere where I could actually game in the daytime, and then like 
uh, one of my main opponents, Henrik, he's a anaesthetist. And so, you know, for him, it's gaming in the daytime as well. And then we kind of grew our group by just just like that. And then everyone sees you all playing because it was quite an old genre of gaming there, like more classical games, more board games, more uh, war reenactment games, whatever they're called, on the tabletop. And then we just went in and played AOS and people see it and they like it and they love the models and they want to play as well. Yeah, that's, do you know that's that's an important thing if you are looking at growing your scene is making sure that your games look good. Um, and it's not necessarily about playing with two heavy metal painted armies or you know anything like that. It's you know have have some terrain that isn't just kind of cardboard cutouts. Uh, you know, paint your terrain. It's fairly terrain is one of the easiest things to paint. Uh, you know, simply and, and make it look effective. Bring down a gaming mat if you've got one. You know, if 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 you're if you're gaming at like a local club, and it, this is probably more most relevant at clubs rather than shops because shops usually have mats and terrains and that kind of thing or, or boards whereas if you're playing down at your local club and you've got a bunch of people saying like oh i don't like playing age of sigma because it's rubbish um you know often they haven't actually played it so go down there t- take a mat down take some nice terrain down and have have some games with some painted armies and just enjoy your games um you know i think you'll find certainly that's what I, one of the clubs that i used to go to uh, and it was relatively early on in the age of sigma kind of time so you had all the usual gump of like oh it's just push your models together in the middle i don't like it it's not fantasy you know where are my elves gone uh so you know elves are back so you can get back into it um but uh you know we went down and um we were playing with painted armies and having a blast and actually the people who were kind of whinging about how rubbish age of sigma were they were lingering they were lingering and watching the games and sadly i did leave the club so i don't really have you know empirical evidence of, of this working but they were curious and they were asking questions um and i reckon if i'd stayed at that club you know not had to move with work then i could have like generated a bit more of a scene down there because people are very quick to dismiss it without any experience but when you give them that game experience and show them that everyone's having a, a great laugh and a great time then you know that's because gaming is all about community isn't it it's not necessarily just about winning on the tabletop um it's about the people you're playing against the people you're playing with yeah uh I'm- Hundred percent. So quite a few times we don't bring the best armies. I mean, like if I was teaching someone, um, because that's that's another big part as well. You need to be able to like go. I'm not actually going to play a game tonight. I'm teaching a guy how to play the game. But when I'm teaching, if I'm teaching someone how to play the game and like the core rules, and they've got their little thousand points, I'm not just going to go out there and crush them. Yeah, that, that's like, really important. Like Andy, who came on our team when I first played him, I tried not to crush him but uh, it was like 28 victory points <laughs> <laughs> i mean like the last guy i taught i won the game but he did pretty much table me so you know swings and roundabouts but yeah it's, it's just about making it fun for people yeah as well. yeah and, and let people and also don't don't impose your own version of the hobby on someone else whilst they're getting into the game because like you know i, I really like age of sigma tournaments so i i would say my my age of sigma is, is much more competitively focused um so when someone says oh i really like i don't know what's a rubbish faction at the moment and uh, what's not doing too well well seraphon a, gr- a great example um you've got some lists that are doing quite well and yeah they've just got a new book um released but let's say someone asked me you know a few months ago whether to play seraphon or not before i'd start playing with my pterodons then the initial reaction is well they're not very good so don't don't play them but if someone absolutely loves dinosaurs riding on dinosaurs then yeah just get them excited about that use that to get them into the game and then they can work out whether they want to, you know, min-max and run run three or four keepers of secrets. You know, let let them come to that decision rather than be like, nah, you don't want to take Seraphon. They're rubbish. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I could take a top tier army. If if Corn was suddenly a top tier army, um, 
I'd probably sell all my corn and I've got loads of it <laughs> but I love my corn and then I've, I've we got a load of seraphon as well so I'm quite lucky because my girlfriend likes to paint and then I'll paint my armies but then I get extra stuff because she likes to just paint random stuff so she wanted to paint loads of dinosaurs and I was like here you go <laughs> <laughs> you like dinosaurs well there's a faction for you and a bastilodon and some saurus and some skinks and I was like and I get myself an extra army out of it bargain but, yeah yeah well you know like so my armies that I've painted is is just like my corn and then my slaves to darkness and my cities but then I've got like a random things like uh, Durfu, a few harlequins from 40k and just random bits that she just likes to paint and but the problem is she's better than me at it so <laughs> uh, if she paints something I, she's a better painter than i am well there we go you, you can't you can't win at everything in fact she's the reason i got back into the hobby because i hate the tv well i hate too much tv mm. i and all we used to do was like train and then watch tv and i was like right and then she got upset because she wasn't doing anything arty and i was like right let's just go in a games workshop have a look you pick something and it was literally if she picked 40k i'd have ended up playing 40k and she picked aos and i was like this is awesome because i was really looking forward to like for me i hadn't played since sixth edition fantasy and i was looking at the models and i was like these are amazing so i used to have like 30 blood letters that all stood in one pose with like sharp metal spikes out the top and all my dwarves had one shield and an arm up in the air and then that was it i was back in the hobby and she likes it as well so it just gives us something to sit and do together as well well, there we go. I guess that that reiterates the point that, you know, the hobby is about the community, whether it's playing with your partner or, you know, heading down to a tournament to play games. So going back to tournaments, um, let talk to me about your battle plans. So you've got, you've set the game, you know, one, two, three, and four and five will be sat in certain types of realms yeah but you haven't you haven't told people what back, back plans they're re- uh, playing Nah, i mean it, it's an individual one roll of dice and that's what it'll be and now if you play a certain style of scenario on round one are you then going to remove similar styled scenarios so if someone plays gift for the heavens in round one are you then going to not play star strike later on no if we get star strike later on then it'll come up later on just it, it keeps it keeps it random yeah that's cool uh, i think that's quite interesting because it could be really extreme you could play like two two really focused hero scenarios very very up, early on then you could end up with duality and then you could end up with places arcane power yeah you could end up with something but just just keeping it random means that you then have to think more about your army it has to be a well-run army if i put the battle plans down people will because i know i would do it mm. i'll be like right i'm gonna try and tailor my armies to this it, it it's how you would do it it almost as well like you could say i'm gonna play a variety of battle plans so i better take a well-rounded army or you could be like there's a chance that i might just get heavily focused hero missions based on a random roll of dice so i'm going to gamble and go for a very hero focused list so actually it kind of and that could go one way or the other um so it gives people options and and people can come to that decision themselves yeah also i don't think i've been to a tourney where there hasn't been places of arcane power as well (laughs) so i hopefully i don't roll it yeah it's nice it's nice to get scenario variety i think you know we were talking about uh it with steve about how he he felt that he had to include scenarios where 
it kind of not nerfed certain armies but so a great example would be total commitment that that is a certain style of army sorry a certain scenario style of scenario and it is it addresses certain styles of army so like the pterodon army uh, certain stormcast builds certain ardeneth builds so he wanted to ensure that was in Whereas actually you might be like, I don't like the idea of not giving Stormcast players the option to deep strike, so I'm not going to include that. So yeah, it's very much up to the TO, and, and like we said before, yeah, the var- variety is good. Like, if I was thinking, all right, I'm going to nerf an army, or like make do one as a nerf, one, and then I'm like, I'm just overthinking it now. If I just roll a battle plan, it's fair. Whereas if you go, oh yeah, I've, I've included total commitment, so the deep strike and armies can't deep strike, then the other four they can deep strike. But the whole point of like those armies that makes them where they sit is is probably because they can deep strike. Yeah, yeah, Especially absolutely. Still past who aren't in the bestest place at the moment, but they're still you know a good army. Um, I was on the wrong end of some shoot casts the other day. Yeah, so. they, they've still got it. They're, they're like the kind yeah. of like the, especially it, with the uh, the skink star priest. Does he the star priest with the extra command point? Let's just load them up. Of the star seer. Star City, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Farm points. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's some really nice, like, I think there's some really cheeky combos for allies with Stormcast, you know, oh, you skink screens, them... skink star seers, that kind of thing. I was sat there thinking, well, they can ally with any order unit and you could just bang in a Celestial Hurricane and then you've got some mortal wound output and an extra plus one to hit, then the ordinate for another plus one to hit and then um, you can't really miss, especially with the Azeros going in with re-rolling ones. Is it the Azeros? Yeah, Xeros makes you reroll ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and so you, you can and he can deep strike as well, so you can get him within range to light him up as well. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, there we go. So, um, so nice varied um, scenario list to draw from. And what about painting? Ah, uh, yeah. So painting, because uh, I haven't actually updated the pack, but I did a post, and I need to just quickly put it in the TJ group, and I'd probably, I'll update the pack sometime this weekend, but. We'll have best army that will be judged by. So all the judging will be done by Richie Stedman. Uh, and he's a golden demon painter. But also probably know Richie from when I was first in Games Workshop when he worked in Games Workshop, probably like 15, no, I'm older than that, 17 years ago. Um, And so we'll have best army, uh, first and second place on best behemoth, first and second place on best mini, and then coolest army. And the coolest army is just going to be voted for by like everyone who's playing in the tourney. So the judge categories will be best army, first and second behemoth, first and second on best miniature. Is that best army? Is that the coolest army that players vote for? Uh, yeah, and then the coolest army the players vote for. I, I want gotcha. To... Oh, I see. So, so, there's a, so there's a judge voted best army, and that yeah. is technical ability. Yeah. And then technical ability and presentation and, you know, all that usual stuff are voted uh, or chosen by a Golden Demon winning painter. And then there's also another category, which is kind of favourite army or coolest army, and that is... Yeah. And that's just voted by everyone. And that's just what's got the coolest conversions, what's got loads of crazy, you know, bonkers stuff in it. Yeah. Uh, And also, like, what you think looks cool because, you know, someone might not be the best painter. They might, I mean, they might even have arthritis in their hands or they might be older. But if they've done loads of cool conversions in their army and it's got that really cool thing, then it should win something, shouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Also, I like, like that. Like, I like that. You've got. You've got a... I'd, I'd like to do. Obviously, it's it's a limitation just because of the location, and then being in the bic is like an epic, uh, like commitment for everyone. But otherwise, I'd like to be like, well, I want a first, second, third in best army. I want a first, second, third in coolest army. I want a first, second, like, like for each one, because not everyone's a gamer. I mean, I like to game. I mean, like, I'll quickly. I like I like a nice quick dry brush army. I'll take my time on some stuff, but I'm not the best. But Three out of four out of the six people that I took on the Brotherhood team, they're 
they are 80% of their hobby is is how much they love the painting and you know that like one's a commission painter one used to be a commission painter for a big company and i think it needs to be appreciated as well and the reason i got richie to judge it is um well i can't judge it because i I, I wouldn't know the difference i'd be like wow that looks cool (laughs) i like that because you've got judge selected awards but you've brought in a judge that has credentials you know and experience in doing that so so that should be good and you've also got tournament points so let's talk about painting and how that impacts tournament scores so you've got tournament points available for painting but that isn't anything that's not achievable by every player no yeah it's all all easily achievable i mean even if you're in the process of painting your army if you've got that base color down so you've got like the first base of the skin so like say a gawthor brown you've got the first base of your armor so that first layer of gray and then you've got like, i don't know one other color on there you've you, you've done the weapon or you've done like the so you've done like three main parts of it like you can't see any undercoat or you can't see any bare plastic and then you've pe- based it because some people will take their time doing an army and you don't want people to rush it like they've made some people it's more of a financial commitment than others and if they really love their paint and they really want to take their time, you want to see something fantastic in the long run and people shouldn't be penalised for that. But then again, we don't want to see everyone turn up with like an undercoated army so it needs to have some form of like minimum level yeah no i'm with you so so your 18 tournament points that are available for painting are 10 tps for the army being painted to a minimum standard two tps for being fully based two tps for it being cohesive two tps for list being submitted and two tps for, for list being legal so you know four of those are, are list related but the other 14 are very much like is your army does it look like it's together are you cohesive yeah. is it based yeah easy easy done and the minimum standard thing is have you have you finished starting the model or, or have you finished them you know it could just be flesh skin to uh, you know flesh tones and then armor and then weapons as you say and as long as it doesn't look unfinished and there's base coats and there's not any base coat showing then you're you know you're happy that someone's painted it to a sufficient standard to game with and that's what this event is is about it's about not putting off people who would be like oh well, i would go to the tournament but i haven't finished my army um but the army is finished enough yeah i mean i worried so much when i was doing my first army for south coast gt i spent hours and hours and hours and i ended up rushing a few things and i was like just making sure that like and i'd and then I got there and I was like, and then you see like some two Taman armies with a highlight weapon. I was like, I wish I'd done that because <laughs> then I could just keep painting in my own time because I'm not fast at the best of times. And just if people know that they can do that, like that, you know, like for my nights for Brotherhood, I literally, it was spray silver, wash black, repaint the horses black, pick out the gold trim. And then I did a few, I did all the skulls on them and then did did the leather and then i was like well i can pick them up at any time and keep painting them but at least now they look like they've been fully painted because it's like the three feet test oh yeah yeah it's really important to do that three feet test when you are painting for an event to a deadline yeah it's not a 10 millimeter test and not do the instagram test of like if i post this on instagram will it get a thousand likes you know and and uh put off a bit by social media because you see some fantastic painting like literally i've could sit on twitter all day and look at like how well people have painted stuff and then not every army's like that i'd probably say sometimes like 30 odd percent 
And then you've got 30 to 40% that are high tabletop standard and then about 30% that are tabletop standard at, at a tourney. But that's only the ones I've experienced. Um, so it's like South Coast GT and Blood and Glory. So a good third of very, very high level, like stuff I couldn't even paint at. And then you've got high tabletop, which is like if I really put like loads of effort in and then you've got tabletop, which is like, you know, like my regular standard probably. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. And then um, you've got hidden agendas in there as well? Yeah, just just one each. Yeah, so one, pick, pick, pick. One, one, one per battle plan. It just helps separate the field a little bit. So you've got five hidden agendas. Yeah. So you, you pick five as part of your list? Yeah, yeah, you pick five as part of your list. And then you can... Use one per game and you can't reuse it. You can't reuse. And do you get a point for... Den- are they declared or are they hidden? Yeah, same as the normal tournament standard. Actually, I first saw that like a while ago. I was like... It's a much better way to do it, but also it's just separating those points because you'll get lots of four and ones. You might get like three or four five and O's. And then even if the five and O's then draw, it'll be, and then they draw on agendas and they draw on stopping agendas, then it'll just go to kill points. Sure. So, sorry, run me through how your hidden agendas work. Is it declared or hidden? Yeah, yeah, it'll just be declared. So um, you select five of your hidden agendas and you state this on your army lists and uh, you get two points for achieving yours and two points uh, for stopping your opponents, right? Yeah. So obviously you have to declare what they are to your opponent. Uh, and um, you mentioned right at the beginning uh, that uh, the pack's due to be updated uh, next week. Well, technically this this is this will come out next week. So by the time listeners are listening to this, uh, the pack will have been updated and uh, including the kind of all the, the painting awards detail that, that Tim mentioned a second ago and details on hidden agendas and stuff because... Uh, I think you mentioned uh, offline that the the pack was um, kind of a little bit in draft and has a couple of bits that you want to edit, right? Yeah, I mean, I literally wrote it probably four months ago. And then you have like real, because then I wrote the pack for the last tourney that I ran and then I focused on that. And then I wanted to focus on going to a tourney and playing games and then actual real life and work and stuff as yeah, well. Yeah, that, that's fair because you want to, you've written a pack, you've written a draft and then you want to go to other tournaments and then maybe that informs your kind of redraft if you wanted to edit a couple of bits and, and use your experience at these events to to kind of uh, to inform the next version. So talk, talk to me about the Beachhead event at the um, Bournemouth International Centre. It's a massive trade show. Okay. Um, I think they've got like 44, 45 traders there. So everyone who's in a tourney gets a free wristband to go into the trade show. And it's why I've put a two hour and 15 minute lunch break on the Saturday. So on the Sunday, it's only an hour and 15 minutes for lunch. Sure. Uh, sure. On the Saturday, it's two hours and 15 minutes. And it just means that people can go out and buy stuff because they ran a Kings of War tourney last year. And they just had a few complaints that people couldn't get around the stalls and like buy stuff. And because uh, there's a lot a lot of traders i'll try and actually get it up on my phone and find out which ones are there um and also i've put that longer lunch in so people can not have to buy stuff from the bit if they want to just pop out because like right on the doorstep you've got like charlie's chicken and snoopy's pizzas and lots of other options for food instead of having to queue at the calf at the bic and then on the next day they've got like an hour you can literally walk over the road get yourself a chicken wrap but we have got hot hot dog stands being there and burger stands as well if people just want to grab something quick for their lunch and do a bit of shopping. So uh, just having a look at the traders list here, you've got uh, Foreground, so they do pre, pre-painted pre MDF terrain. You've got Boss Minis, so Scott the Boss from Weymouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, he's really good. He like, he lets me 
uh, shell my tourneys and stuff like that in his groups. KR multi case Kaiser Rushforth. There, uh, I used to use those cases quite a lot before I moved over to uh, really useful boxes. Although I still use them for some 40k stuff. And to be honest, there's a lot of AOS models that are quite spindly and got legs and arms sticking out everywhere. So yeah, I mean, I've moved to baking trays and magnets. Yeah, yeah, well, uh, really useful boxes and magnets. Very similar thing. But if you have, especially 40k armies or maybe heresy armies where things aren't as spiky and pokey. Uh, KR Multicase is, uh, for me, definitely the way to go. Uh, what else you got there that's quite interesting? Um, Plastic Soldier Company. So for things like uh, Flames of War, they're really good. Sarissa Precision, they're my favourite MDF um, kind of terrain peeps because they've got some fantastic uh, variety of stuff. Uh, there's some some loads of MDF people out there doing some interesting builds, but Sarissa have got, you know, they've got stuff for Roman, they've got stuff for like medieval uh, villages, they've got Victorian kind of alleyway type stuff. So they've got really anything if you want to get like a fairly, fairly interestingly, a fairly themed board, depending on what you want from it. And then you've got things like TC Combat and Hot Troll Trader, Warlord Games, you know, and a whole bunch of other people there. So you, you can head to beachheadshow.co.uk if yeah. people want to check out the, uh, the the full list of traders. Yeah, I mean, like, I love uh, Bitsbox because it's always good to, like, pick up, like, a little bit for a conversion and stuff like that. I mean, I... I could have walked away with loads of stuff last year, just like especially like some old legacy models and things. But just picking up a few bits and bobs. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. It's really, uh, it's really nice to be able to do that. And of course, you've got Artist Opus there, who are yeah. um, who sell some fan- a fantastic range of brushes, including the Series D dry brushes, uh, which I've been using at the moment on some Zinch stuff that I'm painting for a friend, and uh, used a little bit on my Stormcast and on my Warp Lightning Vortex as well. So they're quite cool. They're brilliant. And also, if you want to pop over to Richie's stand because he'll have his his stand there like he could just talk to anyone about painting for hours also um matt lyons from the pro painted podcast so he was up at brotherhood he'll be down but he'll be playing in the tourney but sure he loves to talk about painting with people as well he does doesn't he yeah Yeah. absolutely yeah matt and i were were chatting about painting at brotherhood in fact so um a shout out actually to, to matt on pro painted podcast so i was taking some pictures of the best uh best nominated armies at brotherhood and he was taking some videos so if you wanted to check out some pictures of the armies then head over to the priority roll twitter or if you want to uh, check out some videos of it matt's done some videos and i think he's uploading them to youtube shortly so you can check those out there and uh before we wrap up and ask you the the final two questions are there any more tickets available yeah so we've got 15 tickets left um but i'm pretty sure simon's gonna buy one so that's down to 14 tickets uh, and hopefully you can make it excellent so this this podcast is we're now recording this on friday the 24th uh, and we've just released our CanCon episode this will be going out on friday the 31st which gives you uh, one week to buy your tickets so hopefully there'll be some left uh, if listeners down south want to go or indeed you anywhere in the uk and you want to travel uh, it's it's also on the coast you could near paul you could get a ferry over from france even so yeah absolutely look forward to seeing who attends and and who wins so tim final two questions before we go to that have you got any shout outs twitter handles or anything like that um I, I, do you know what i don't even know what my twitter handle is called but it's the war event uh but yeah like just shout out to like all the guys who who then who come down and support it and also chris involving us all in his daughter aos cup chris tomlin and then matt lyons from pro painted he's always sharing the stuff and obviously coming down and supporting the tourney and gary hennessy because you know he's always fun when he's down and he's gaming and it was great to like make our group grow and i know he's quite busy at the moment because he's got a young family but he's still around and helping out and playing in games and doing his own painting and then helping us all out there 
And that's about it, really. Shout out, boys. Oh, and you, of course, helping us out with a nice little podcast. <laughs> Not at all. It's always happy to. It's always good to have tos on, especially ones that are looking to grow their local community, as as we discuss. So, uh, yeah, your Twitter is at Wa Events. So that's W A A A G H Events. Uh, so you can check out that there, and also head to uh, Entoyment.co.uk. Click on Events and uh, head over to the Great South Wah. AOS uh, Beachhead 2020 and check out the pack which is on Dropbox link there so Tim last two questions for you um, I'll ask them both uh, at once and you can answer in order so if you could protect one thing about Age of Sigmar and never have it change what would it be and if you could change only one thing about Age of Sigmar and the rest of the game would never change what would that be Ooh, I'd protect the double turn oh you can't say I'll that I've, 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 got... I've, made, I've made a new rule <laughs> you can't say the priority rule <laughs> <laughs> I was bored of the free advertising. Okay, do you know what I I would do is I'd protect the rule set. The the core rule set, that's what I like the most. If I could change one thing, I'd bring back all the missing armies from fantasy because I I do have a bit of nostalgia for them, but I only want to play them in an AOS rule set. Okay, yeah, so as in bring back... Reimagine, reimagine, so like as in like we've seen the new Pointy Elves released. Yeah, uh, the new Pointy Elves. I'd love to see the Wood Elves. Oh, no. One thing I'd like to change is I'd like to change the Corn Endless Prayers, um, even though I'm a fanatical Corn player and they're amazing in the game. I don't like the fact that it's almost like an endless spell. Okay, so what would you change about them? I would like it so it, it buffed your units or something. like. Uh, so instead of having an endless spell model, that the Slaughter Priest buffed them instead of it being like, well, I've got a really powerful Arcane Bolt and or make you be able to run and charge or absolutely anything that makes them more fighty instead of me going oh, i've just killed loads of stuff with my rafax okay so more like a force multiplier um than a, a just kind of direct damage dealer yeah, yeah something that's more corny yeah no that, that makes sense well i mean direct damage is fairly corny but i think and kind of going back to your point which you you know i think i think your corn one's fair but uh bringing back the old armies i think we're, we're seeing reimagining of uh, yeah. reimagination of lots of the old world factions and i think that's good uh, and i think that we wouldn't have space for that in the product line if if they didn't get rid of some of the older stuff and actually it allows these you know like these pointy elves i lose track of their name it it allows them to to have their own space. So yeah. they are, you know, the Lumineth Realm Lords are are a, a a new elf faction. They're not just high elves. They are harnessing the high elf, high elf vibe, aren't they? But they very much fit within the mortal realms. The same for wood elves. Or I was really disappointed because like they had the thing where they'd bring out the war bands and they had the Kanothi, and I was like, oh, they're going to do this as an army, and it's going to be amazing, and I'm going to buy it all, and then they didn't. Well, they haven't. <laughs> they might do. They, not not they didn't. They haven't. Not yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean yeah. that they're not going to do it. So uh, I think. But I thought that'd be epic. Like when I saw that Kanothi Warband, I got overexcited. Yeah. <laughs> well, like... I think uh, I think we should watch this space and see what happens. Yeah. Well, Tim, thanks very much for joining us. And uh, yeah, just from a, a personal level, I think what you're doing for the the scene down the south coast is is fantastic. Uh, you know, more more people who are like yourself and, and Gary and and Chris as well, who are kind of looking to grow grow the scene with events. You know, more people like that, the better. And if anyone else has listened to this and been inspired by, you know, Tim's kind of chat about, you know, running an event that's specifically designed to encourage newer players, then um, by all means, get in touch uh, with him with, via his Twitter at War Events or, or indeed uh, fire us a message at Priority Roll and we'll, we'll put you in touch. Right. Well, Tim, thanks very much for joining us and uh, best of luck with the event. Awesome. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for having us. 
thanks for listening to Priority Roll. If you want to get in touch with us, we're at Priority Roll on both Twitter and Instagram. You can send us an email, priorityrollpodcast at gmail.com, or you can go to anchor.fm forward slash priority roll and leave us a voice message. If you want to leave us some feedback, we're always looking to improve, or if you just want to suggest a topic to talk about on one of our upcoming shows, then feel free to get in contact with us. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, thanks for listening to Priority Roll. Thank you.